Blog Talk Radio. focusing on in one way or another, and that is realistically, in a spiritual way, in a balanced way, approaching happiness. And um, in just a moment, I'm going to be bringing our guest on the line today because um, I know that you're all going to enjoy um, Pepper Lewis returning to the show. It's been a while since she's been on the show. And let me just tell you a little bit about Pepper before I bring her on the line. Um, Pepper is the author of five books, and she has done so many wonderful things um, in her her teaching and in her inspirational presence. She is truly a spiritual way, way shower. And um, in 1999, and boy, is this ever needed now, Pepper founded the Peaceful Planet, um, which is dedicated to compassionate communication between all sentient beings. And the website for that is thepeacefulplanet.com. And I am just so delighted to bring Pepper Lewis on the line. Oh, Hi, Susan, are you there? Hi, Pepper. <laughs> We're all just breathing Hi. and just relaxing <laughs> as it comes. So, so nice to have you here. Thank you. It's been a while. It's nice to be back with you. Well, I often have said, while on the show and off the show, this program is really meant to just be an honest conversation. Like we're all just sitting around a fire or, or sitting around with, with tea or whatever and just enjoying each other's sharing and company. And I am just so happy to have you here because you surely have a lot to share with us. Oh, thank you. That's so nice of you. You know, it, it is nice when it's just a conversation. When I think back to, you know, some years ago when I got started, it all started in my in my living room. And, you know, mm-hmm. five people, seven people, 10, 20, until it grew that we couldn't do that any, long, any longer. Um, we had these great conversations about, um, about life and what it meant to each of us. And, 
and did we need a spiritual life? Did what did we really need to to just get by in life or to thrive? And those conversations propelled most of the work that I did later on. And I'm still in touch in touch with some of those really great people. Yes. Well that's that's wonderful that you are and I'm not at all surprised. And you know, right now, Pepper, oh my gosh. I mean I know that we can all attest that so many, there's a lot of, you know, really, you know, maybe the best term I can use for it is just outright disappointment and sort of a what in the heck is going on kind of a feeling. And, And, you know, if there's ever been a time when many of us, and I feel it, I feel it in myself, I feel it in other people, need to find the way to that, that place where there is balance, to use this word balance, now is the time. Yes, you know, and, and uh, disappointment, as you say, is is for many. And yet, I I have to keep reminding myself that um, there is some portion of our of our country, some portion of voters, some portion of the population um, that doesn't certainly does not feel the way I feel, or has a completely different point of view and and somehow I need we need to find it within ourselves to not agree with that point of view but to find acceptance for the person that has that point yes. of view acceptance for that segment of the population whether it's because they have felt disenfranchised left behind ignored mistreated what whatever it is that that part of us needs to be acknowledged and seen and and um and we need to find it within ourselves to to do that and and uh, yeah. i i do it <laughs> it comes and 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 goes and it's more difficult on those subjects that that create um well diversity is is a good thing to have but when it creates adversity that's when we need to beware a little bit and notice the effect that it's having on on ourselves and on others many even people that we really care about yes yes well i tend to find that um you know it's so true that that now it seems as as everyone's integrating and this is all around it doesn't matter even whatever your point of view was during the recent election it seems like there's this feeling in some quadrants to begin to try to understand and not just in ours to just you know if we could only start approaching that place where we can kind of see into that that place because you know we hear from a lot of people that say well you know my reasons for doing whatever you know whatever it was it maybe aren't at all what what people might expect and I think that I tend to observe that the the nation, for one, is a little is kinder than we realize. It's just that, like you say, there there are just these reasons, and there are things that we need to better understand about one another as to to what's happening. I see, I feel wounding out there a lot in in many quadrants. Yes, and and uh, um, and it's important to note that that was there. Um, that was there before the selection. Yeah. The, the wound yeah. or the open wound or the open hurts, they were there before that. So in some ways, this is um, the election is our way of saying, ouch, that hurts. Um, I'm yeah. hurt. 
and all all of that, the the results. And uh, you know, I know for myself, so many people included as well felt that there really was no good choice, no choice. Yeah. I've heard people say, yeah. you know, the lesser of two evils. I didn't want to vote. I did, but I didn't. Or I voted for this, but not for for that. And so some of these feelings that we have, the collective feeling of, of our country or maybe of, of the world as well is is hurt. And this is what hurt looks yeah. like right now this is you know maybe it's almost like the reaction of a child that that pushback of a child it's resentment it's hurt it's all of these things and so right now we didn't we did not yet respond with either a kind or compassionate or mature um, response instead we reacted so we're seeing the strong reaction of, of what the world feels like right now. And we can attribute that to everything. We can look at nature and say this is nature's response to what hurts or to the yeah. environment hurting or to our resources hurting or not being looked after. So the entire world is kind of responding in a confused, uncomfortable, dispassionate. I mean, we can go on with all of these adjectives and at some point when when we are ready when we are collectively ready we will heal from this and we will grow from this because we do grow from discomfort mainly <laughs> unfortunately yes yes <laughs> and uh, so we will we will create avenues of growth um from this that is my that is my belief it's a it's a sincere desire as well but I have good reasons to to believe that uh, as well. Yes, yes, yeah. It does seem like there are stages that that we're going through, and that somehow it will lead to healing. And you know, this show all along the way, we did talk honestly here about um, how there were really many people of conscience who who really were. Um, not so much wanting to vote for for a really a choice that was totally um, difficult for them to do that they wouldn't do, but just I think, I, and I don't want to talk about the election too much, but I know it's on the hearts <laughs> of a lot of people. I think that um, well, you know, we'll just flow with it. That's the way this show is. I know people are thinking about it because I still see it. I mean, I see it on social media. I think there is that tendency to kind of lash out, like a really well-known person was lashing out at everybody who had the lesser of two evils thing going. And and I think maybe what this will ultimately do is if we could just honestly come to the table and say, hey, you know, really early here before any of that happened, you know, even in the primaries, there were acknowledged issues, you know, and and that maybe instead of like pointing fingers, just say, okay, how can we all rise to the appropriate level of um, of treating one another with respect within you know, and and a lot of things were happening even before the general election, um, and and it's easy to just forget those things. But maybe there comes a time when we really start to heal and say, what, how are we going to do better going forward? How are we going to grow? You know, instead of pointing fingers, just how are we going to grow and improve? Yes, yes, and and uh, I I do I do think that we that we will for for myself in looking at 
um, the consciousness that surrounds this subject. And, and as you say, we want, just want to have an intimate conversation, an intimate, mm-hmm. honest conversation. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. difficulty, I think, for most people, regardless of what side of the issue or the election that um, they, we are on, the concept that, of, that this being an honest conversation is not there. It did not feel like an honest conversation between the yeah. candidates yeah. and yeah. the voters, exactly. between one branch of government and another, between how yeah. the political parties are operated and run, um, between the, the subjects, the topics that an average person would like to have addressed was not addressed because of exactly. the infighting or name-calling. And so we saw yeah. all of this immaturity all around us and so it's difficult Mm -hmm. to reconcile all of that so for myself when I look at all of that now and at some point I ask myself what can I do about it or how can I feel about it without ignoring it without pushing it aside without saying oh well I'm not going to look at the news for another four years or eight years or (laughs) or I'm not going to care about this I'm not going to vote again or whatever it is that all those things that I've heard as well for myself Uh I look at government or politics as as one additional aspect of life that's a little bit broken right now as a system that is in sincere need of overhaul and repair yeah And so I look at the world and I look at people like you and me, friends and colleagues and people I meet at the supermarket and at the coffee house and everywhere else that I go and say, we are the thinkers and doers who can affect change. We affect change at the everyday level in how we feel and how we greet the day and how we greet each other. And we bring civility and we bring wellness to our life and we bring basic goodness to our day and how we conduct ourselves and so from the private sector will come innovators people with greater insight people who are um, inventors and scientists and creative thinkers and musicians and poets and writers and business people who have a different vision and way of putting things forward and our world can change and will be changed one at a time or all at once, as the case goes. Yeah, yes. So as we bring this around back to this notion of our own peace and our own joy, and I guess I kind of, for me, happiness, you know, what is it really? You know, I love to use the word peace. I mean, joy sounds much more, um, and then there's that gentle peace. When we talk about Happiness, Pepper, even in the midst of all of this, you know, what what are we looking for? What are we seeking? And and how we know when we glimpse it, it seems. And and how do we, we know when we, we get, get a handle close on to it. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah and that's we, why I use that term, glimpse. It. Glimpse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in our, in our, I think I did say something like that in our search for happiness. Have we? Have we found it? And, you know, in, in some ways, like everything else that has been put before us, it has been hyped to us in some way. 
be happy, be positive. If you do this, you'll be happy. If you do that, you'll be happier. If you buy this, if you have this, if you go there, if you have this kind of a relationship or that kind of a job. And so many, so much of this has been put before us. And, and we look at our lives and say, well, I don't have that relationship or I don't have that kind of a job or I don't know what my big life purpose is and all these things that are supposed to make me happy, which must mean that I'm not happy or, or we mm-hmm. think we're not or we think it's out there in the future. I'll be happy when, I'll be happy if. And we just get ourselves into trouble with this because then we begin to think that it doesn't exist or it doesn't exist for us or it's available to some people, or the worst of all, that it takes, you know, money or or some kind of a consumer-driven item or experience before we can experience um, happiness or, or joy, as you say. And so I think the the first thing that we can do is is acknowledge that these things happen in small ways, in private ways at times, uh, in little things that we notice that we can build upon and not necessarily in that big overwhelming that over there is what happiness looks like. So I think that as a whole, we can begin to redefine it would be really a healthy thing to do for all of us. Yeah, yeah. You know, at this time of year, um, sometimes I have had the television on and it's just like, it's incredible to me, commercial after commercial. I've so fallen out of (laughs) the consumer culture. I mean, just not, you know, it's just been a while since I've really been, I don't know if I ever was total, but we all, sure I was. Um, I mean, I'm not going to, yes, I was. And to a point. And this time of year, it's like, I mean, you think, what are we teaching our children? And we've been saying this for, for, for years. I mean, even the original Charlie Brown Christmas was all about um, consumerism at, at Christmas, and I think it just reached some huge anniversary. I I don't know. It must be would be from the '60s that show, and and so, you know, the the messaging, and and also what if what if simplicity beyond all of that really is attainable, and maybe even that, you know, there's yet another thing we're reaching for, because that's really subtle, you know, reaching for simplicity, and then something happens that just is complicated, <laughs> and so... It is, it, you is, know. A, it, is a, it is a layered <laughs> life, I think that's one of my, my new favorite yes. ways to describe it, it is, yes. it's layered, it's, it's, a, uh-huh. it's a dimensionally layered life in which we express ourselves in so many um, different ways. I, I do think that that most of us, there is a sense of wanting to come home into ourselves, of wanting to feel um, centered and re-centered maybe, to hit that reset button and re-center ourselves. And, you know, who's to say? Maybe sometimes we need to go further out and away from that center. You have to get far enough away from that center to say, oh, that doesn't feel good anymore and have that return to center. And we don't, um, we don't always recognize it until, until we do. Um, You know, there, there are some ways that we can recognize centeredness balance. I, I do always bring it back to balance because there is, there are some, some truths. There are some psychological, biological truths that when we, find this balance within us, we begin to experience more of what we can call happy. 
And, and the way I'll define that is just that the parts of our brain that recognize not just pleasure, not just that sensation of pleasure, but more of a sense of security, well-being, um, uh, a place in our life, we can call it grounding, the parts of the brain associated with that um, light up when they do these MRI studies that they do now. And it comes more from that centered, balanced place uh, of knowing not just that we are okay, but they've done many tests. And so when we have a sense that our loved ones or the world around us, our peripheral world that we are in touch with, is in balance, those same centers light up. So it's not just personal happiness that we're looking for here. We are looking for a certain wellness in our community and well-being in our home. And when some of these things are returning to balance, the happy centers light up. And so we do know a little bit about what we are looking for, or even when we use words like, you know, centered, balanced, peaceful, all those things are just adjectives that we're choosing for what that feels like and what our brain recognizes and then all those all those neurochemicals start to um, fire off and and um, bring us back to balance in in a in a real physical way as well yeah yeah you know as you're saying that it kind of brings me a little bit back to something you said about um again not to not to continually come back to this but i couldn't help it like in this in this election where you think about people <laughs> whose needs are not being met i mean forget the word election just let's let's get beyond <laughs> because we know now in this country and certainly in the world i mean it's not restricted to the united states and this has always been true that um, but we're really beginning to see, and they've been talking about this more. I mean, there are a lot of people who are hurting. And, you know, I I spent some time during my life in a very rural place on and off near the Ozarks. And and when you do that, you see how how easily those communities could feel just totally shut out if the factories closed. I mean, most people worked in the factories. You either worked in a factory or you worked maybe in the grocery, you know, or some essential store that everyone needed mm-hmm. or, you know, and and if the if things are changing, you know, the, the homes, they just fall into disrepair. I mean, um, because there's just no source. There's no source to keep them going. And and of course, you know you have farming and different things, but just the things that have been there, and so it it is there. There's a lot of of hurt, and so the question I always ask long questions, especially on these conversation shows, the balance. Mm-hmm. You know, we're being shown, hey guys, you're all we're really out of balance. <laughs> it's like there's some real imbalance here, and and what happens when they turn the TV on? When when you're in that place, and maybe not even a consumer, but just get just get flooded with, you know, you can buy this and you can buy that and you can buy, you know, and and that just makes you feel even more cut off, whether you're into the consumer culture or not, because they just want to be able to 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 have basic wellness and and um, food on the table and a roof over one's head mm-hmm. and and those basics and feel stable. 
Yeah. Well, so let's talk just for a, a few minutes, if you're willing, about some of those things that do bring um, stability and balance. Yeah. Because there are things that we can look for, um, even in the way that we relate to ourselves and to others on an everyday basis that will that will help with that. And and I did mm-hmm. I did kind of suggest this topic to you for today because of the time of year as well, because things are so um, blatant, uh, blatantly yeah. placed before us at this time of year that it's almost unavoidable. Yeah. So uh, uh, it is a good time to look at that. So there are, um, there are a set of core um, human needs, you know, beyond the basic set of when we say, okay, we need food and we need clothing and we need shelter. Those are all the, the basics we need to find a, a measure of health. Those are the very, very basic things that we need as human beings. And then beyond that, we move into a core set of their needs. They are also human. They're biological and psychological needs that bring us into well-being. And these have been renamed over the years. They've been around um, forever and about every 20 years or so someone renames them and updates them and gives them more um, modern titles. But the first one is just basic contact. It's physical contact with other people. It's that physical touch that connects us to each other. It creates a kind of a comfort that says we're not alone in the world. And this is Again, very basic stuff. So this is a handshake. It's a hug. It's holding hands. It's a pat on the back. Any any of that, um, any basic human contact is one of the things that our, our brain, our mind, our well-being subconsciously looks for and needs these things because these are one of the things that make us um, human, different from others in, in some way. Um, a second one is um, what some people today call validation or significance or recognition. So that is the need to be, to be noticed, to be seen, to receive some mm-hmm. kind of attention or acknowledgement from each other, to have someone look us in the eye. And when we, when we see each other that way, we feel alive or enlivened. We're not just looking down at the ground. We're looking at each other we're being greeted by someone we might hear our our name called out or or something as basic as someone holding the door open for us um, waiting for a moment for us a nod or a smile in our direction any of these things so this is not huge recognition for a big job done again these are really basic things and we subconsciously look for these things and need these things, um, you know, in some of the indigenous cultures, they have a an expression, a, a word, or a gesture that simply says, "I see you," and and that is so so important. And if you think about our culture, especially, we have very we have less eye contact than we used to. We're looking at our our um, smartphones, we're looking at our computers, we're looking at our iPads. We're looking at the chart in front of us for what we want to order while we're standing in line or all the other um, things that we're navigating our way from 
or distractions that we're moving through. And all of that leaves less room for us to look at each other and acknowledge each other. Yes, yes, that's that's so important. And I know there are people sitting out there listening either now or across time who in a way that, that may make them feel a little sad because they're like, you know, they're, they're maybe feeling a little bit isolated. And, and truthfully, at this time of year, um, that's exactly what can happen is, you know, when families are together and if you happen to be not around people that, you know, they're just, there can be that that feeling of isolation yes, at this there time there can be. But these are things as well that we can do something about um, mm-hmm. immediately. Yes. We can hold exactly. the door open for someone. We, if someone drops something, we can pick it off the floor and hand exactly. it to them and say, excuse me, you dropped this, and look at them in the eye when, um, when we do that. So, and when we start practicing these very, very basic things that don't cost money and don't require buying mm-hmm. someone's book or program or self-help thing or whatever, whatever it is, we begin to be enlivened by the things that we're doing and it's not like as soon as we do it, it's going to come back to us in the same way. But life is reciprocal in that way. Yeah. And so things do move, energy shifts in in that way. So you want me to go on with a few more of these, these items well, here? Well, I, I was just, I, I do, but I was just going to say, you know, I couldn't help but think of this young fellow at the dollar store in my little town. <laughs> He's not there anymore, but he was there for a while. Most of these people, they kind of passed through there. And every time you went to the cash register there, he would smile. And you knew that this was a person you could tell maybe didn't have a lot or not an easy life or whatever, and would just say, enjoy the world. And he wasn't, I can't explain it, but every time I walked out of that store, just because he would say that kind of unusual thing, and maybe, you know, that's optimistic in some ways, but it didn't matter. Um, it just made me smile. I just couldn't help it. That And he was, you know, some 20, 20-something person. And, and and I thought, gosh, that, that was really, you know, my, my step would be more alive. And, and I felt that he was connecting with every person in that line just for by saying something unusual and, and uplifting. Mm-hmm. That's great. I really, I really like that. And that is it. It is that. It's that personal connection. It's that personal way of of noticing each other. I think for sure. Yeah. So yes, please do go on. What <laughs> What is the next step? Yes. I well, I love you know Pepper. Um, I love that um, you're a teacher, and and you're really. Um, other teachers learn from you too because you're able to. Um, get to the core of the matter. I, th- I think that would be a good way of putting it, and and help us in in approachable ways. So so yes, what's the next step? I'm, I'd like to hear. <laughs> All right. Okay. So the next one is the official term for it, or it's an older term that we used to call it incident. Um, but what it really means is that we need something that uh, something that's unusual. Something that could be cha- challenging or or novel. So another way to put it is anything that adds a little spice to our life that would keep us keep every day from being that level mundane dullness uh, of life. 
So it could be something that's um, really new and novel. It could be uh, it could be something as as silly as as reading some some celebrity tabloid when you're standing in line at the supermarket. It could be trying out a new restaurant, um, planning a vacation. Even if you misplace an item and then you're in search of it all through your house, where did I leave it? Did I leave it in my car? Did I leave it in the closet? All these different things would fit into that that category. It's just this way of anything unusual coming up um, in our life. And this is, again, this is like hardwired into us. These things are basic human needs. It's hardwired into us, and it keeps us going. It's a kind of a, a motivation. And, of course, we have to be careful with this one not to create um, negative motivation always for us just to invent something to to make something unusual happen with our with our day but those are some of the things that that we look for when we don't get these things at all these are some of the things that turn into cravings well i'll go you know throw it into food or i'll go throw it into i'm bored i'm going to go shopping or some of these things so so again, these are things that we can look for that will put the unusualness in our life. And one of the things that that could become unusual or different can be at times just giving someone else a hand as well. That's different in our day. So it doesn't always mm-hmm. have to be something that happens to us. It can be something that we create to happen to others. It still makes our day somewhat unusual. Um, in that way um, as well. And that kind of goes hand in hand with this other one that, that we can either call variety or stimulation. It's, it's our basic need to use all of our senses, not just a few of them. So we want to see and touch and feel and think about and explore and have sensations about and express those as well so touch and sound Mm -hmm. and all Mm -hmm. of that and when all of those things are um, in balance in whatever way that means for us individually because we are absolutely unique in that way then again all those really neat little brain chemicals start um, coming out in just the right proportions and we start to feel good or a little bit better about um, about life yeah, yeah. You know, I think that a lot of times when you talk about doing something different or whatever, you know, there's this notion of kind of distracting yourself from something that's making you unhappy. And yet maybe that term distracting, which sometimes we might use, it's not really true. We're really engaging ourselves with with something. I've heard this so many times, like if you're sick or, if you know, someone who has a chronic illness, you know, that's forgot about it briefly while doing some other things. Well, it's not so much being forgetting that, it's engaging. It's engaging a different part of yourself. Um and and it helps. And um I I see, you know, like this time of year there's so many ways people can volunteer. Um just even briefly. And and we've been observing this in my community right now, how it's helping all of us to be working towards a goal as volunteers, um, doing something something new with some new yeah. responsibilities and things. And it sure. matters. And those things are there yeah. for everybody. Right. 
It is, absolutely. And actually that what that you brought that up, you know, I kinda of had this in whatever little order it happened to, to come in as I wrote this, but that is exactly one of our basic needs as well. And we can either call it doing worthwhile work or or contribution or service, but it is in some way using our energy for something that is greater than our own benefit. So it could benefit our community or people or animals or anything that we might think of as our social responsibility. Um, And volunteering definitely comes up with that. So it's some kind of altruistic activity that in some way promotes goodness or enhances the well-being of others, the quality of life, all of that. You would think, you know, that that is something that comes much later in life or after we've attained all these other things. But surprisingly, that's real high up there on on the list as these things contributing to our happiness and well well-being. You know, there's another way to look at this, too, is that sometimes if you're experiencing things in your life that, that maybe are huge challenges or whatever, there can be this feeling of, you know, not having the time to do those things. And yet the irony of all ironies is just putting aside that time can actually alleviate everything else. It can give, it, it's an, it seems like an energy exchange, Pepper, where your your energy just, shifts and then everything does become easier despite apparently adding more to your plate it doesn't matter it just it's something about what you are doing and and that giving aspect yes yes and you know for for those of us who might say that or might really be um, too busy to do something the intent to be of service to others the um in, in, in Buddhism, they call it the aspiration to have something come forward or be the outcome of something is as good as the outcome itself. It leads to the outcome. So, you know, a thousand people intending for something to happen, it will more than likely come about. It doesn't need all thousand people to be actively doing that something. The intent is also so hardwired into us that we we aspire to that. We bring that quality to life um, as well. So we don't have yeah. to say one of these days when I have the time, when I have, you know, when I'm not exhausted from work, when I have, you know, time on my weekend, when I'm not taking care of my kids and all their needs and, and mm-hmm. all that. And so mm-hmm. we feel bad when we say that sometimes because we think, you know, I'm not doing these things, but one of these days I might be able to, but I can't right now. The intent right. or the aspiration matters quite a bit. It does. Yeah. No, I. that's very important. That's very important because it is true. There are times when you, you simply can't and, um, and, it's a balance, even that, you know, it's just kind of recognizing where, and and maybe that kind of leads to another question, is is how much, um, and I'll let you, maybe this will relate to stepping con- continually through these steps, but how much does simply recognizing, um, you know, sort of an acknowledgement of one's state, um, honestly, I mean, I guess we have sort of covered this already, but but just sort of in that case, you know, well, I really am too busy, but I'm going to consciously, consciously 
have this intent. So, so conscious mindfulness in in your life. Um, and maybe well, I'm, I'm, I'm either yeah, going backwards no, no, or I'm, stepping ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. I'm a big proponent of that as as well. So, you know, some people could say it's a positive approach or a, um, a, the positive active approach in doing that. Our brain, if we've kind of we've been kind of thinking about brain happiness here here too, we have the ability to overwrite. And I, I really like this a lot because sometimes when things are not going well, we think we have to wait until the not going well thing is over before the going well part can start again. Mm-hmm. Or we think we have to undo something. I made a mistake. I have to go clean that up. I have to go undo this thing before I can go forward. So there's this push pull that we that we create for ourselves, we kind of like a, an anxiety about it that we create. But we have the ability within us to overwrite like a program. We overwrite, we begin to write anew. We begin to have a new thought. And when we are overwriting, it takes that, they call that neuroplasticity, this part of our brain that is, that is very malleable, that is able to rethink itself, reorganize itself, recreate itself based on new information. And then we're able to move forward in our world, in our life, without having to go backward first, without saying, I made a mistake, that didn't go well, all those things that we do, this way, and what you're describing, I believe, allows us to go forward a little bit more smoothly and without having to take that one or two steps back, without berating ourselves, without... Um, all the regret, all those things that are so mm-hmm. typical in our Western culture, too. Yes, yes, oh, so much so. Um, all right, so what what is next? What what else um, can <laughs> well, we do you know, somewhat, as we step um, through these? You know, actually, I want to skip ahead to to you know some of these some of these items that I've been covering are, are really. Um, a basic, our, our basic working set, our basic set of crayons, or whatever you'd like to ca- call mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And to that, over time, as I've kind of been working with this subject, that's really important to me. And I've kind of added a few of, of my own to this. And one of them is what I call visioning, which is our need, really. It's an ability, but it's also our need to dream to imagine a different future, a different outcome, to have uh, a response about our intuition when we have an intuitive feeling, to respond and act upon that rather than ignore it, to um, envision. And all of those things allow us to make new suggestions to ourselves and to others. It allows us to... um, Maybe not to censor ourselves or or just to give ourselves permission to explore so when we when we go visioning it's always about the now and the future, so it doesn't need to go back to the past and compare oh yeah i didn't get I didn't do so well at that last time, but next time I'm going to do this or that or it's going to be better or something so visioning is just again moving forward in that. Uh, in that way, we can imagine a different possibility, potential. And what's beautiful about visioning is that it's three, without looking at the past, it has a 360-degree view. So it's not this linear, straight-line movement. It's very 
peripheral. So really imagine if you could see behind your head and over to the sides more, all these different areas of life as possibilities instead of having to come up with one solution or one answer to the question, which sort of, you know, takes us back to our initial conversation is what is it going to take to change the um, the direction of the country or to make more people feel engaged or something and Uh right back Uh to that our ability to to vision for ourselves without waiting for someone to say again here's you know two candidates which one this time so vision another way um, to do things and so adding this to our basic set um, contributes to our well-being our health and that of others around us just imagine if visioning as a subject, let's say it was a subject that you could study in school, in grade school, if they mm-hmm. taught you how to imagine and vision for yourself instead of how to recite and memorize, you know, all the different things that, that, that we learned, you know, how different might um, the, the last generations or the future generations be with that ability? Yeah. You know, I love that because it's so true. Even in the country and in our lives, we have a tendency to say what's wrong, what's wrong, you know, to look backward as opposed to wouldn't you just love to hear from different diverse people a vision of what it would feel like to live in a in a more fulfilling way, you know, within mm-hmm. within sight. You know, within sight, mm-hmm. um, what what would it sound like? And as if you would, if you could hear that from people in the south, from people all over, people in a city, from from people all around, what would it show us? What would it show us about how we can grow? I do I think, mean, I think that it's amazing. is possible. Yeah, I'd like to say that it's possible for um, all of our generations, all of our thinking and and, uh, mobile generations that we have out there right now. I see it much more in in younger generations than I do in the older, but I'm surprised here and there as well. I I meet wonderful people from older generations as well that that are perhaps more tired even than we are, have seen much more than we have in time and place and are really ready to let go of... of, um, previous ways of seeing and and doing things um, as well. Uh, one of the other things I'll just add to, to my list here is the need that we have to remain, to stay, or to reconnect to nature because we are in oh, many yes. ways really unplugged from, from nature or the way that we relate to nature is in some ways um, artificial, I'll say we are nature. We don't necessarily go to nature to experience it. When we go to nature, that feeling that we have, we feel at home. We think I I am, I am this, I am this pristine valley. I am this snowfall. I am this, this, um, this river, this stream. All of that is what we are. And we are made of that. We're made of stardust and earth clay, I like to say, mm-hmm. sometimes, and and water and metals and minerals and a little bit of our organic material to weave it all together and a whole lot of space, a whole lot of space within us that, that binds 
all this together or that we free ourselves from. And when we are naturally on mountaintops, oceans, deserts, whatever we're drawn to, that wellness is returned to us. And we are once again what we are. And so this, again, this this really basic natural sense of being, this ground of being, um, just seeing things as they are and relating to them in that simple way of nature following natural law. And then maybe we reset things a little bit too. Yes. You know, that that always makes me want to ask about not only the, the gentle peace. I, I, I get a lot of peace from, from nature and, and just the simplest things, just observing the simplest things. But also, you know, that's really where, for me, and I know for a lot of people, we start to sometimes feel that more transcendent, even if momentary joy, just that feeling of... of um, you know, rising out of of oneself in a way. I mean, it's there's something about nature that that really helps us to to glimpse. You know, this this other state. You know, it, it is it, and that. Um, you know, there's just something about it, and it's not going to be every mm-hmm. day. But but you know, what if, what about that, Pepper? And and do we then get addicted? To that you know and then we're keep thinking <laughs> that well it's true you know that's a something too where oh you know you want more of that that transcendent um type of joy yes yes you know uh i have a a, a wonderful a wonderful teacher that finally finally um taught me the things that i needed to know about um about meditation which is really very little and and so not like <laughs> most of us think that it is, and and uh, because I did early on in life have these really amazing experiences, you can call them mm-hmm. out of body experience, mm-hmm. celestial, these incredible spiritual moments, and then you come to expect those to happen, yes. and when they don't, then you think, well, <laughs> why didn't what I get ha- it yes. this, this time, or what am I doing wrong, yes. or am I less spiritual today than I was yesterday, or all these things, uh-huh. and this, wonderful wonderful teacher finally got me to stop placing those moments or those experiences and thinking that they are more real or important than just being here now in my body uh embodied spirituality if you want to call it that or just embodied living and and that those are are um those everyday moments is where the transcendent lives it lives in yes. the everyday. And yes, once in a while, there is a really big wave in the ocean. And a lot of times it's just the waves lapping up to shore. And it's still all the ocean and it's still all um, the wave. And so not yes. not chasing that was finally um, a benefit to me as well. Helped me really just get kind of seated in my in my life and and in my and in my body. But those experiences that we talked about, we we tend to call those spiritual moments, maybe. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and uh, but then don't we also separate from them when we call them that spiritual, which would mean that the whole rest of it isn't. And and exactly. um, and maybe it's not that. Maybe the whole thing is, and the whole thing isn't, and the whole thing is just life expressing itself as as life. 
And, you know, back to the earlier subject as well, we have maybe been misled a little bit as to what happiness is. Maybe we've been misled a little bit as well to what success looks like or um, career success or family success or all these different things. Maybe they just look a whole lot of different ways to different people. Yes, yes, yes. I I, I definitely can, can see that. It just seems that... Um, you know the things that that tend to again just using that term balance that that disrupt our balance um you know maybe they're they're things that that we project that that are just needs that maybe we don't have quite as much as we think we do uh, and maybe that you know and then we suffer um because because of reaching for um a type of experience on earth that that we weren't necessarily here to have. I mean, because right. we're here to grow. Yeah, yeah. You know, the in, in Buddhism as well, they have a lot of um, symbology, and one of them is is a lot of a you know this really cute little monkey who's fascinated by shiny things that are in all the different windows and doors. And and so he's constantly running from window to window to door to door, you know, looking for that next you know shiny little. run to the other window to get you know the other one and so that's what we're constantly doing monkey mind or whatever we'd like to call that yes that's that's actually a good way (laughs) i've heard monkey mind explain many times that i love the shiny object (laughs) description yeah because yeah because so it's so it's just that feeling of always grasping and never never really being able to to hold on to 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 things and and yet all along if you just look at where you are you'll you'll find what you're seeking yeah or well you know uh, a in long a way. time ago I mean, I even that little illusion, but, yeah uh-huh. yes the whole thing is an illusion yeah we can do it yeah I was I'm sure we can do another show on that, that is too. an illusion. <laughs> Illusion, delusion, and we can go play with that one for a while, a while, a while too. Yeah. No. We we really we really are trained, Pepper, over the years to think in a certain way, or even just to speak in a certain way. I find this, you know, I could talk to you for a long time. This is a whole other topic. Is is mm-hmm. um, you know, especially within what I might loosely call the New Age community, we're we're kind of taught to speak a certain way. Because if we don't speak that way, you know, maybe it'll have some effect. And even when we don't know that, and so sometimes with me, just being honest, I'll go back because I'm I'm kind of in a, a space of just exploration and say, wait a second, I'm not sure I meant what I just said. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. we just, and this is true of all belief systems that we embrace and then, you know, really explore. And it's like, where are we? You know, and usually it's somewhere in between whatever that mm-hmm. is. We can't define it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm trying to be a little bit more careful these days on, on the words that I choose as well. You know, I came, yeah. you know, up the ladder from, from the from the new age stairs, I'll, I'll say as well. Mm-hmm. And at mm-hmm. a certain point, I, I do agree with you completely that the the language did not necessarily describe the experience, but the mm-hmm, language mm-hmm. was still the, the more the defining um, factor of that. Mm-hmm. And, and um, uh, I'm trying to be conscious, even that word, oh, conscious. Yeah. I'm, I'm conscious, I'm con- consciousness, mm-hmm. expanding mm-hmm. consciousness, or all these things we use, they're all, 
that are all little traps, and yet we do um, have to communicate with each other in in some way, and sometimes we find more like-minded people or more agreement on certain subjects based on some of the language that we use. But more than ever, it feels important to me to begin to weave together the different worlds, different schools of thought, um, to bring this into the world where we can um, evolve socially, um, to bring morals and ethics into greater view in in um, mm-hmm. in our life. You know, just the other day, I just I found out, you know, little research junkie that I am, the difference between morals <laughs> and, and, and ethics. I'm always chasing Ooh, down interesting. These, these things. So. So morals is is our basic um, idea of what is right and wrong, you know, just the basic fact that the you know inherent within all all humans, you know, um, right and wrong, whatever that means to us. But it's it's kind of in there as well, hardwired, I, I could say too. And then ethics is the part of us that within that rightness, we could say, once we determine what is right and separate that from what is wrong, the ethics ethics is the part of us that kind of um, we align with individually what are our own values or how are those morals to be expressed that's ethics how we express it how we bring it into um, the world how we coexist live with it how it becomes our 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 true value system that's ethics and so and we create that for ourselves you know we have a a sliding scale of what is the ethical thing to do given different situations. And so, yeah, we could use a little bit of that these days too. That's for sure. And you know what? Here we are. We are already at the the end of the hour. <laughs> and um, I, it's been a wonderful time, and I know that. Um, and, and thank you to Blog Talk Radio for featuring us today, which has been wonderful. I've been kind of observing that in the background, but I am just so happy to have you here today, Pepper. And and thank you for for just having this kind of time of of relaxed exploration. I I've really appreciated it and and all that you're bringing to us. Thank you. It's been great. It's 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 always fun to explore these these topics as well, and, and um, they're near and dear to to my heart, and maybe to all of us too. Yeah, I I think more and more they're becoming um, more important to us. These things to explore. So so thank you again, Pepper, and and uh, I know um, I just always enjoy having you here. So, uh, well, thank you. So I'll just look forward to next time to being with you and all of your great work. I would, I would be delighted to have you on again. Uh, it would be that would be fun. And once again, I know that you're developing some new web, web resources right now, which is exciting. But right now, you you have the peacefulplanet.com and just this effort that you're you're working on to develop some. So. Um, Thank you so much, Pepper. Thanks again, Susan. Till next time. Okay, take care. Um, just a quick note that um, Shelley Dressel, RN, will be back on the show Friday night. That'll be the last show this week at 6 p.m. Pacific, and we'll be taking phone calls that night. That'll be open lines to talk with us. So I invite you to join us for 90 minutes Friday night 
at 6 p.m. Pacific. And thank you, everyone, for being here. You can find this show at FrontierBeyondFear.com, all the archived episodes. And if you click on the archive, you can really find just about any topic you're looking for and then also future shows. And this show will become a little more gentle during the holidays, um, as I hope we all enjoy at that time, um, whether you celebrate the solstice or some other holiday that is meaningful to you, however you view this time. If it, um, I hope that we are all finding peace as we flow through it. So take care, everyone. Thank you.